chapter 14 in the book of Acts, 1 through 3. Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. May God bless the reading of his word. Beginning there in verse 1, we left off last Sunday morning with the true teaching of election. And whereas that may be a hard teaching, it deals with the sovereignty of God, it deals with what He has done and what He continues to do. It's not easy, but we cannot go around it in God's Word. It is true. Amen? Amen. Sunday night we moved to the last few verses of chapter 13, and we moved to uh, from Antioch and Poseidon to where we are at currently this morning. Chapter 14, verse 1. Listen to what it says. Now, at Iconium, they entered into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. With verse 1, I'm going to give you four points that I see that stand out to me, and there may be more that stand out to you. But if you got a pen, I want you to write them down. They do stand out to me. I think that they are very relevant. And so I'm going to bring those out to you, and then we'll get into verse 2 and verse 3. The first point that I want you to see about them entering into the Jewish synagogue, and they spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. First point is let's pay careful attention to the text. Paul and Barnabas were still going into the Jewish synagogues, even though they knew that there would be a great many reject their teaching. They were not going to give up on the Jews just because they were going to the Gentiles. We understand according to Scripture that their call was to be a light for the Gentiles. But we still see them going to the Jews. Why is that? Because they love the souls of man. And as soon as we begin to, to not love the souls of man, we begin to give up on them. We cannot do that. We can't. Paul, Barnabas, and this is, this is very applicable. Paul and Barnabas, they went into the Jewish synagogues to preach boldly Christ Jesus. To preach boldly who He was. They knew, they knew that they would probably be wrote off by the Jews. But they still went anyways. This is not a contradiction to Scripture that even though he was a minister to the Gentiles, he's here ministering to the Jews. This is not a contradiction at all. Because we're to minister to all people. All people. All. Let the Lord be the dividing factor. That's not our job. We will get to there in verse 4 next week. As a people, as Christians, we must not write people off. We must continue to minister to them. We must continue to minister to them. I spoke on that 
great doctrine of election last week. And with that being said, one would say, well, just let him do everything. <laughs> That's not how it works. See, he employs us to go and to share the good news. We get to be part of the greatest thing ever. And that's sharing the love of Christ with others. They had turned to the Gentiles, but they were still taking every opportunity they had to minister to the Jews. Everybody see that, right? Second, notice with this verse, both Jews and Greeks were together. Jews and Greeks were we're together. And here truly we see the benefit in the work of Christ coming to pass. This is a truth in God's word that a lot of people forget about. But it is where that middle wall, that wall of partition, that veil, all of that was tore down so that they then could come together and worship Together, and we see that here, Jews and Greeks were together. This is the benefit and the work of Christ coming to pass in the book of Acts. We see that in Ephesians chapter 2. The text tells us that the Jew and the Greek believed. And they did this together. They did it together. In this place, a local assembly was birthed, comprised of Jews, Gentiles, as one unit, one family, a local assembly. This is what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14, all the way through about 18, listen to what it says. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Because of the perfect person of Jesus Christ. Because his body was tore open. Because his body was, was completely, completely murdered, just tore to pieces. Because of that, Jew and Gentile, free Enslave, rich and poor can come together without that hostility and without that hatred and worship the true and living God through the Son. They can come together. And so you see this coming to, book, coming to pass in the book of Acts. It says in verse 15 of Ephesians 2, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man. That is one church, one bride, comprised of Jew and Gentile. One new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. We've talked multiple times about the Jew, the Gentile, and how they hated one another. There was not peace there. Not peace at all. The Lord killed that hostility. Killed that hostility at the cross. Enabling Jew and Gentile then to come together. 
Verse 17 of the same chapter says, And he came and preached peace to you who were far off. That's us, the Gentiles. To those who were near. That's the Jews. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. We both, Jew and Gentile, have access through one spirit to the Father. What I just read out of Ephesians 2 is being fulfilled in this text. People have come together. They are believing in the Word of God. Together they are believing the preaching of the gospel. The hostility is being destroyed. And they're worshiping together. The third thing that I want you to see and take notice of. To the message. And it's deliverance to the people. Not quite like it's Spoken in other passages, this one's a little bit more unique because the Lord was, not that he wasn't doing something before, but here it just emphasizes the way, the way in which they spoke and what was taking place. Listen to what it says. Take notice how it was delivered to the people. It says, and spoke in such a way. It says, and spoke in such a way. These men came to preach the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth, right? These men came to preach the truth. They preached with the Holy Spirit. With power from on high going with their words. And as they spoke of Jesus, they spoke of His prophecies. They spoke of His virgin birth. They spoke of His life and the perfection that He obtained in that life. They spoke of His death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension. How do I know this? Because we see Paul preaching earlier in all of these places and he brings the same thing up. What are they doing? They are preaching the gospel. And the Spirit is going with them. And the words are penetrating the hearts of those that are there. It is a work of God. They preach the grand old gospel. And that grand old gospel is still being preached today. Still today. In its simplicity, in its sincerity, it is still being preached today with fervency. And it has to be. It has to be. We cannot come away from that. The way that these men preached, they preached with a boldness. It was simple. People could understand it. Forgiveness of sins is an easy concept. Eternal life is an easy concept. Jesus dying on the cross for us so that we could. That's an easy concept. It was brought in simplicity. The fourth thing that I want you to see... The people believed. Verse 1. Great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Last week we spoke about the truth of election. We talked about it in depth. 
which when we look at it like we did last Sunday, it kind of looks like it's lopsided just a little bit. But it's not at all. It's not at all. We may see that it is somewhat lopsided or that, the, that people just want to key in on that. But there's two sides to this thing. And the Lord's involved in both of them. We know where the Lord elects. We see where that choosing takes place and we see where they're called. We see where they're sanctified and glorified. But I want us to also see something else that He gives us an ability to do. We see that right here in our text in verse 1. It says that the people believed. They believed. Were they elect according to the previous chapter? Yes. But what was their responsibility? To believe by faith in what was being preached. Even the faith that's given is a gift from God. We know that because it's a fruit of the Spirit. But we're not frozen pillars of salt like Lot's wife. Okay? We're not. That's just not us. We are people that, that can truly think. People that can make an intelligent decision. Process information. We have a mind, we have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. Pre presented with these truths, presented with these facts. We believe. You see man's side of things? And the good news is that we get to take part and to be part of the greatest thing ever. That's the Lord God Almighty. Forgiveness of sins. Eternal life. And something that we can't even describe called heaven. That He has prepared for us. See, we have a side to this. And we have to understand that they believed. We got to understand that. Everybody follow that? Everybody? Good, good. These people believed and it was made known. They were in a community and in a place where if they believed in something like this that was deemed so scandalous and so crazy that people would know about it. And I've talked about this before. There are too many closet Christians running around. Closet Christians. Everybody knows what that means, right? Those that are children of God but don't really want to get out and to say anything about it, do anything for it. They're spectators, not participators. 
Verse 2 says this. Listen to what it says. Here it comes. You ready for it? But the unbelieving Jews, you've always got them. You've got those that don't believe, those that don't want to have anything to do with it. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. The enemy does not like it when people are saved. He just doesn't. He doesn't like it when the Lord's work is being done. He just doesn't. And here in our text, the battle is raging. And it seems to follow Paul and Barnabas everywhere they go. Why is that? Because it happened to Christ. And if we are to follow Christ, it's going to happen to us. That's what Scripture says, right? Amen? Amen. The battle's raging. The discrediting and the putting down of God's ministers is happening, and this will always be the case. I didn't realize that when I joined the ministry, when I was called to the ministry. I did not realize that. I didn't think about that. But I look back on that. Everything that is said, everything that is done, you've heard the expression, you're a fish living in a glass bowl. You are as a minister. You're scrutinized. People will try to do anything and everything that they can do to discredit ministers. Not just ministers, but the Christian church. Those that claim to be holy. Those that go about and do the work of God. People will do everything that they can do to discredit their testimony, to put down who they are, thereby rendering them maimed or infirmed and useless for the kingdom. You ever had anybody do that? Has anybody ever done that to you because you were a Christian? Gossiped, slandered, done something malicious because you're a Christian? I can only imagine what was being said about them behind their backs by the Jews. Paul and Barnabas. I've had, I've had a lot of things said to me in ministry. A lot of mean things. I understand what's taking place in this passage of Scripture. Because I've had it happen to me. What was being said about them around the dining, dining table, on the street corners, in the businesses, in the homes, in the alleys, in the private places. Paul and Barnabas were being put down. There were men that were poisoning the mind of others. Gossip, slanderous, malicious talk, and it has to stop. Now, I'm not saying that we have that here. I'm just saying it has to stop. It has to stop with us. We can't expect the world to stop that. Right? 
The world is going to do that. If it's going to happen, let it be named among the world and not the church. We see that too often in churches. Anybody sleeping this morning? Y'all here? Y'all ever seen it in a church? I praise the Lord that my son and really Ruthie have only been able to see one local assembly. I praise the Lord for that. And I'll tell you why I praise the Lord for that. Because they've not seen the heinous act of people outside in other churches. I've seen it. And you have too. And it should not be named among the church of God. As for the church, the local assembly, this type of behavior is unacceptable. Talking about others, slandering and maligning people's names is, is, is wrong. You ever been guilty of it yourself? It happens, doesn't it? The Scripture here calls it what? Poison. Poison. Something that destroys, something that makes sick. Poison. Something that kills or may even leave crippled. Infirmed. Poison. And this is what gossip and slander and evil talk, that's what it does. It kills. Whether it's true or whether it's not, it can destroy someone where they have to move out of town. Y'all have seen it before. Verse 3, listen to what it says. So they remained for a long time. Man, these guys, no telling what was being said, no telling what was being plotted. These guys did not abandon the call. It says, so they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. This is what Paul and Barnabas had. Paul and Barnabas had the Lord on their side. The slanderers had the enemy on their side. Who do you think is going to win? Well, that's an easy one, guys. The Lord. The Lord's always going to win. Paul and Barnabas did not jump ship. They did not leave regardless of the stories against them and regardless of what was being said. Regardless of the slander and all of the wickedness that was being stirred up against them, the poison that was being put, can you imagine them walking down the road and the people staring at them? I can't believe they act like that. How dare Paul and Barnabas do this or do that? I wouldn't have been comfortable in my own skin. But yet they remained steadfast, didn't they? They remained steadfast with resolve. They continue to preach Christ. 
They continue to preach the word. And the Lord honors that. And let me show you what he does. Let me show you how he honored that. He honored their preaching and their boldness and showed off in a big way for these two men. Here in this town, this town is a big town. It's a city. And the Lord is going to intervene and he is going to show off for these two men. Listen to what happens. So they've remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. If it weren't enough that people's souls were changed and eternally secured by the Lord, what else is he going to do? Then he works miracles through the hands of these two men. So here we have this battle, this spiritual battle that's taking place. And the enemy's stirring up all this discord and dissension between people. Venom, poison. And on the other hand, we got Paul and we got Barnabas. They're preaching the gospel. People are being saved. And people are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Their sins are being forgiven. And if that weren't enough, the Lord says, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to grant you the ability to heal this one and that one for signs and for wonders to be done. It's kind of like saying, what you got, Satan? And so it brings us to a point in Scripture. It brings us to a point in Scripture where verse 4 is. And verse 4 is going to be hard for some of you. Not getting there this morning. It'll be next week. But with a multitude of saved souls and miracles worked among Jews and Gentiles, both, it brings everyone to a decision. Because here's what's happened. The whole town is in an uproar. People are being eternally secured. They're being saved by the grace of God, forgiven of their sins. Jew and Gentile coming together to worship the true and the living God. In agreement, together. And then you have those that are not. And so you get to this place of decision where you're either going to be squared up with the truth and you're going to say, I stand with this side. Or you're going to say, I stand with that side. You understand what I'm telling you? I either believe the message preached, the soul saved, the miracles that's been worked, Or, I don't. And that's what took place here in Iconium. All of the people are squared up. You're going to pick a side one way or the other. And here in our text, that's exactly what's taking place. People saw the miracles taking place. They saw... They saw 
Two groups coming together to worship together. It's all wonders. You're either going to believe that or you're not. You either believe it all or you don't at all. So at some point, there's a line that is drawn in this battle. And it's right here in our text. The Lord was showing off in a mighty, mighty way. And the people either did or they did not believe. Verse 4. This is going to reiterate what I just said where we will pick back up next week. Listen to what it says. But the people of the city were divided. Divided. Into two. They got a hole and now they're split into two. There's not more groups than that. Everybody falls into one of those two groups. You are or you are not. And that's where this town was at. And this is the great dividing work of the Lord God Almighty. And that's what we'll get into next week. Guys, this is what we have in these first three verses. Paul and Barnabas, they're giving everything they have. They're preaching the word, the Lord is intervening and, and doing these miraculous things, these signs and these wonders. Preaching the truth of Jesus. And what does it do? It brings division. And what is that division? What's on either side of it? You either do believe what's taking place or you don't believe what's taking place. And in the end, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. The dividing of the sheep and the goats. The dividing of the wheat and the tares. The Lord is going to sort them out. Plain and simple. So I pray this morning that this passage of Scripture has resonated with your heart. I hope that you will uh, read it and go back and continue to, to read past that passage of Scripture all the way down to 7 and even over to verse 23 uh, where they're stoned. <laughs> so if we can... We are going to now go into prayer, and then uh, if we can sing a song, we're going to do that, and then we're going to prepare our hearts as we sing for communion. And I'm going to I'm going to uh, read a passage of scripture about communion here in just a moment. Let me turn this.